Welcome to Wine, Women, and Writing. This is one of my special BoucherCon editions. It's being filmed in Dallas, Texas, where the 50th annual BoucherCon convention is pairing up mystery fans, mystery authors, mystery editors, agents, publishers, you name it, and we're having a great time. So I'm getting the opportunity to share with you some of the wonderful people that I'm meeting as, um, as we BoucherCon. So as a reminder, if you love women in the arts and you want to support women in writing with their complex female characters that are dripping with authenticity and make us laugh and cry, then go out to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com, to the Wine, Women in Writing page, and you can subscribe to the RSS feed, which is completely free and automatic to your device. You can um, actually, you know, contribute to the show, which is super cool. And if you do, I'll give you a shout out. Lone Star Literary, thank you very much. And um, you can see wonderful people like the guest I have today. So with no further ado, I'm going to let her say her last name ah. because we met today and I would butcher it. Jennifer? Jennifer Kinchelow. Oh my gosh, I totally would have gotten that Oh, wrong. I know. It's, it's just <gasps> scary when you see it written. Jennifer Kinchelow. And now I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer is here from... Denver, Colorado. She's practically my neighbor. When I'm home in Sheridan, or Bighorn, we're only six hours apart. <laughs> Everything's far away when you live in the Rocky Mountains, right? And Jennifer writes mysteries that I think you guys will find really intriguing. And so we're going to talk today about her series, and we're going to talk about her newest release. So I'm going to start by letting you introduce what it is you write to. Oh our viewers and listeners. Okay, so it's Halloween today, so I'm wearing a Halloween costume, and I'm actually going as my character, who is Anna Blanc, and she's 19 and I'm not. <laughs> and um, she is a socialite in 1900s Los Angeles who dreams of being a detective. She buys off her chaperone and secretly gets a job as a police matron with the LAPD, where she uncovers a string of murders and the police are willing to investigate and she sees it as her chance and she's trying to solve the crime before she gets caught and yanked back home by her dad and uh, not let her fiance know because he'll call off the wedding <laughs> and he calls off the wedding he'll stop pouring money into her father's failing bank so that's that's the beginning of the series the secret life of Anna Blanc it's kind of a I love Lucy meets Agatha Christie type, type of mystery um, and it got a left coast crime uh, lefty nomination and um, Cavity nomination and won the Colorado Gold and it won the Mystery Mayhem Award. And so that's the beginning. Um, and then I'm now I'm on the third book in the series. Um, so Anna's a police matron. She minds the women in the jail, but sometimes she is able to sneak away and solve murder mysteries. Um, I love Anna. Oh, you do? <laughs> I mean, we just met, and I do really like Jennifer, but I love Anna. And so the most recent mm -hmm. Anna book, when did it come out? July. July 2019. Oh. So it's still new. It's, it's still fresh. It's brand new. And it's the murder in Griffith Park? The body in Griffith the Park. The body in Griffith Park. So Set um, us up. If anyone knows Griffith Park, you'll know that it is a dumping ground for serial killers. So <laughs> if you Google the body in Griffith Park, Griffith Park, my book's name, you will be 
inundated with stories, real stories, about bodies in Griffith Park. But this particular body was found in 1908. Um, and a lot of my books are based on real LA history. So one part of LA history that I find fascinating is the story of Petronia and Don Feliz who haunt Griffith Park. Oh, very so, nice. And that all plays into the, to the novel. Um, Griffith Park is one of the largest city parks in the country. And it, um, it used to be a ranch owned by Don Feliz, and he lived there with his niece Petronia. And when he was dying of smallpox in the mid-19th century, uh, a corrupt lawyer um, and a corrupt politician came in and tied a stick to his head and made him agree to a new will by moving the stick so that his head would nod yes. And they took away all his land and left it to the politician and not to Petronia, who is, legend legend has it, teenage girl, cursed them and any who benefited from the land and dropped dead on the site. So Petronia's curse has followed Griffith Park. And if you look at the history of the ownership of Griffith Park, it is marked by death destruction, disease, ruin, and disaster. And so in the end, it was donated to the city. So Petronia is haunting Griffith Park and is a very sort of presence. It's not a supernatural book, but Anna believes. Well, and that's all it takes, right? Is one person believing to give your book that little bit of extra special magic, even if it's not a magical book. It's not a magical book. Uh, So Anna has a secret relationship with a detective, the police chief's son, and they're madly in love. Uh, Not her fiancé. No, 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 no. Well, you'll have to read book one to find out how that happens. Oh, my goodness. So so they want to be alone, and so they sneak off to Griffith Park, and they find a body that foils their attempt to get cozy. And um, (laughs) uh, so... The story is about this this body that they found in Griffith Park is also tied into a, a, a prostitution ring, but it's it's like a, a strange sort of thing where uh, and it's based on a real place, real people, real names. Um, rich men were introduced to young women, and some of them were underage. And so Anna, this gets Anna's uh, hackles up, and she's out to protect the girls. So um, so this book is about. Finding the the black pearl who runs this, this brothel, but it's not really a brothel. Um, it's, it's kind of like a like call human girl, trafficking, call girl service, yeah. human trafficking, and then um, and also to solve the the mystery of the body. And do it while under the radar because she's not allowed to be a detective. Exactly right. Exactly right. It really, really must have been a challenging time to be a woman to have so much that was becoming available to you, but yet be held back just from those things that were almost, but not quite, in your hand. Right, and then and all her achievements, you know, the, the credit for her achievements tend to end up in uh, at the feet of her Detective Joe Singer, who's her secret love interest, and he will give her credit, but everybody, you know, oh, Anna, you yeah. didn't solve that mystery. They poo-poo so, it, yeah, because how could this 19-year-old, pretty young thing, yeah. possibly be brainy and skilled and clever? Yes, and she's she's gorgeous, and that's part of her problem, and she grew up very privileged, and that's part of her problem, and now she's lost all that. So she's the daughter of one of the richest men in California, and uh, sort of modeled after Fanny Bixby, who um, who's 
her personality was different, but she was the daughter of one of the richest men in California who became a police, a special constable in 1908 and carried a gun and handcuffs and went out and patrolled the, the, the pike. So who, which comes first for you? The research or the writing? Are you, do you get an idea and then look for research to support it? Or are you a researcher who goes out and searches for the ideas or a little of both? So, I stumbled across uh, an article about, very short article, about the first woman cop in Los Angeles, and her name was Alice Stebbins-Wells. She became a cop in 1910 and got, was given full police powers. And I thought to myself, so I work for the Denver Sheriff Department, I thought to myself, what a badass she took on this role at a time where women were, you know, there was hostility, open hostility towards women. Yeah, they're stealing the jobs from the men Absolutely. and, you know, go back into the kitchen, take your shoes off and get pregnant. Absolutely. And she was amazing. Um, so I read that and I said, I have to write something in honor of this woman. And as I was writing the novel, my character just kind of came out on the page. And uh, so Alice was like 37 when she became a cop. And she's wow. a former minister. And she was married and um, sort of a sober-minded, civic-minded, political genius. Um, and then I have Anna. She's 19. She's so naive. And she's brilliant. But her naivete is running parallel with that, which makes for a lot of the humor. Nothing Absolutely. like Alice. I mean, yeah, nothing like Alice. Alice would roll in her grave. But <laughs> And Anna's self-absorbed because she's so beautiful and she's so rich and she's used to getting her way and she loses everything. And now she's out trying to survive on a small salary in this hostile environment just to do what she loves. And I don't know about you. I have five kids. And wow. Uh, yeah, it's a lot kids. Hi guys. And, um, <laughs> and I find, God bless them, that the age of say mm, 12 to 20 is a self-absorbed time anyway. Yeah. That even the best of them have a, an inward focus instead of an outward focus. Right. So it's a challenging time. Yeah. You're maturing. Yeah. You're learning about the world outside yourself. It's forcing you to. So it's an interesting age. Yeah, and I think, you know, back then, especially girls in wealthier families were so sheltered and they didn't have a, a lot of responsibility at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they didn't even do their own hair. So um, they matured a little more slowly, I think. Yeah. And, and yet would marry very young often. Often marry very young. But then have a staff to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And it kind of makes the, the, the travesty of young marriages even worse. And I was reading a book, so I do my research, I do a lot of primary research, I do a lot of reading books that Anna would have read in the 1900s. And one of them was a marriage manual. And one of the things it said, and, and it never talks about sex explicitly, so there's no, I could never ever find a book that actually would explain what sex was. I like, <laughs> could not find that anywhere. Um, you know, unless you go back to like, uh, Fanny Hill is what's her name there, there's like a, a Regency explicit erotica that was probably available but Anna would not have gotten her hands on that mm -hmm. um, so she was so naive and, and this marriage book said that you know a lot of women they go into marriage they don't even know what sex is it's like a big surprise for them so it's this level of innocence that Anna is 
bringing into these crimes and some of them are set you know some of them are dealing with women in the sex trade so she really is growing up in she, many ways yeah, and is. um it's interesting too to think of her little rendezvous in the park i mean how daring for yeah, a yeah, woman yeah. of her station and age yeah. a secret lover and a, an assassination yeah, in yeah, yeah. you know griffith park she's pretty interesting she's one to flaunt convention for sure <laughs> i love that so now how much of you is in anna i would say like i wrote anna just without thinking about just she just came out and then when i look back on it i thought you know Anna's very self-absorbed. Um, she's very brave. And she's very smart. I think when I was in my 20s, I was self-absorbed. Not as self-absorbed as Anna. I think, and I was rather smart, but not as smart as Anna. <laughs> and brave, but not as brave as Anna. So I think I took a lot of my characteristics and blew them up. So she's a challenging character because um, she's very complex. We like that in our women. We yeah. love that in our female yeah. characters. And with Anna, what is her trajectory? Are you working on Anna 4 right now? Do you see this as Anna 26 or 7? I do. You think so? I, well, she's got a lot of growing up she can do. There's so much you can do with Anna. Oh, so much, so much. She's so much growing up to do. And also, you know, I read the papers from 1900s, the Los Angeles papers, and there's so many intriguing stories that I want to put into books, and I have book ideas just lined up, lined up, lined up. Lined up, lined up. <laughs> That's the curse of, of, of writers, is you can't write as fast as the ideas come. Right. Not every idea pans out. Sometimes you, you get down to it and you stare at them and you think, okay, this is like, you know, you know, anvil to the head. But I have pages. Doesn't it kill you? It's like, oh, that's my 2027 book. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, but why Los Angeles? You are? I'm from, from Los Angeles. You're from I mean, Los I, Angeles. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I lived in, I was born and raised in Southern California. I lived in LA for a number of years. Um, I'm, my background's research science, so I was on the faculty at UCLA. So I was living there for many, many years, and I loved LA. And I loved LA and I moved to Denver for my husband's job and writing this was a way of sort of dealing with my homesickness. Yeah. So my first novel was after I was my husband and I had to leave the Caribbean. We'd been living in the Caribbean. Oh, you lucky thing. It was wonderful. And the first novel I wrote was a love letter back home, you know, oh. to missing mm -hmm. that and I mm -hmm. totally get it. Setting to me is everything about the tone and where the even the plot and the characters go in a book and so I, I love that it's a meaningful setting to you um, and and not chosen at random but no. your heart took you there yeah there's a lot of um, there's a lot of LA ambiance in the books it, they're very much uh, an, a love letter to old Los Angeles and that's very cool I have a, a good friend named Martin Turnbull that writes um, Garden of Allah mysteries that are set not too long after these books and I tell you I'm really looking forward to reading yours because oh, I've loved you. that LA ambiance at the turn of the century and a little after it's it was bigger than life in some ways bigger than life in ways that it isn't even now yeah, there was yeah, a mystique yeah. to it that with the age of internet and overexposure you know we're Kardashian'd out you know yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's wonderful but it's not the same to yeah. dive back into that it was a, you know, in the 19th century, it was the most dangerous place in the history of our country. 
Wow. Like the murder rate was astronomical, and and it was just getting civilized, and and yet they were moving forward. You know, they had the first city with electric lights, and they had the best public transportation system in the world in LA, because LA's always been very forward thinking. Well, now with respect to your writing, how long do we wait for the next Anna? If we go out and we get the body in Griffith Park mm -hmm. and catch up with the first two. Yeah. Then when shall we see Anna again? I'm an, I'm a one book every other year kind of author. I have a lot of friends who write faster, <laughs> but I can't. And part of it is all of the research I do. You know, I do. I read. I look at maps and I I read legal documents and textbooks and. Um, you know, novels set in the period, and I listen to the music, and I watch videos of the dance and the old movies and the, you know, the newspaper. So yeah. I just, I really immerse myself in the time, and that just takes time. Now, you said that either you used to or still do work with the sheriff's department. I do. What are you, what's your role there? What is so your, what's I, your day job, So lady? my, my, yeah, my, my, so I'm trained as a research scientist in public health, and I'm um, very concerned about what's going on in our justice system. Yeah. And it's really a, an enormous public health crisis. So people are in our jails are overwhelmingly um, mentally ill. Yes. And they are poor, and they are uneducated, and they are disproportionately of color, and they are disproportionately homeless they have traumatic brain injuries especially the women who are, and almost all of them are victims of trauma right so they're sicker than the average the normal you know general population so um, I feel like there's a lot of good public health work to be done there so I jumped at an opportunity to do some research on the Denver jails I think that that sounds like super important work, and it's interesting because it's almost like the jails have become the alternative to caring for the mentally right, ill. Right, right, right. Let's wait till there's a problem, and then, you know, now we don't have to look at the problem anymore. We, exactly. we put it in a prison. Exactly. So, um, so that's what I've been up to. Um, you know, who knows where where I'll go next, but. Sounds like good research for some future series as well, as if not just backdrop for the one you're working on as well. It is. I've learned a lot about jails, and since Anna is a matron who minds lady jailbirds, as she would say, I I have put a lot of my experience into those descriptions. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm totally intrigued. Very Thank cool. You. Thank you. And now, do you have any big plans for BoucherCon and your um, visit to Dallas? Oh. Soak it all in. I, you know, I'm. there are authors that I only see maybe once or twice a year at cons yeah. that I love. Like, that are just, I love so much. And we interact on Facebook. I'm going to, after this, I'm going to meet Amy Stewart, who wrote A Girl Waits With Gun. She wrote oh, the blurb yeah. for my book for the front cover. Cool. Um, and I haven't met her in person, but... So we're going to have coffee. <laughs> it's the best part yeah, of it, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. it? Because of doing these shows, yeah. it's, for me, an opportunity, especially someone that lives rurally. You guys all know oh. I live out you know, in oh. the sticks. But this keeps me connected to the author community, mm -hmm. and I get to meet a lot of authors virtually. But then I get totally excited because you come to a con, and it's like, I get to hug your neck. You're even more beautiful than you are in on screen. So you know, It's very fun. Authors are, authors are solitary creatures. We need this. Yeah. We need the cons. We so. need the cons. <laughs> oh, we need the cons. Well, 
I, it's the time that I have to say this has been a copyrighted and solely owned production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network with many thanks to the illustrious and oh so patient Pam Stack for putting up with her crew of authors and thanks to you guys because you watch and you listen and you support these crazy female authors with their I think wonderful authentic complex female characters like Jennifer and her Anna so you guys go out and pick up The Body in Griffith Park and um, until next time for being with me. Thank you. And you guys have a great week.